remain standing, please. Take your Bibles. Turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 7. Genesis chapter 15, verse 7. Genesis 15, verse 7. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Father, once again we come to you this morning, dear God, Lord, we ask you, dear God, Lord, that you would help oh, us, yes. give us a spirit of yes. calmness and attentiveness this morning, oh, dear God, yes. Lord, that we wouldn't miss what you have for us, dear God. Lord, we thank you for this blessed book, for thy words this morning, Lord, help us to open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, be receptive to what you have for us uh, here today, dear God, Lord, we ask you to uh, just anoint our pastor afresh, help him as he stands to preach, give him the very words, dear God, and, and Lord, again, Lord, allow us to, re to receive them, apply them to our hearts and our lives, that your will, Lord, would be accomplished here today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 7. All right. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 7. He said unto him, I am the Lord thy uh, Lord, I am the Lord that brought thee out of earth the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said. Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? All right, let's get all the kids seated. Let's get them all seated. Amen. All right, good, good. Stop. Genesis chapter 15. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the earth of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? With the help of God, I want to preach on this thought. Lord, I just got to know. I just got to know. Abraham has walked this path of faith. And... Uh, I hope we all understand and know. The Bible said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One of the great realities of faith, however, is that it is always ever-changing and ever-growing. If you are maturing in the Lord, if you, if you are maturing at all, one thing for certain, your faith is growing. And if you've been saved a few years, your faith ought to be stronger, ought to be greater today than it was when you trusted Jesus as your Savior. Faith is like a muscle. The more it's used, the stronger it gets. And we find as we have followed and watched the footsteps of faith that Abram has made, he's left his home, he's left his family, he's left his country, and and now he's, he's, he's made those separations. He's made all of those uh, seemingly at the time even very hard decisions. We've watched as he went into Egypt and how that he almost got in a mess and God had to bail him out. 
Then we watched as uh, he, he came and separated from Lot. And then we watched as he had to turn down all the wealth of Sodom whenever he won the battle. He turned down all that wealth and said, No, I'll not take none of that. Went with Melchizedek, type of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he comes back, and God begins to talk to him again. And I love that. I love the fact that God begins to talk to him. But now he's come to an, a, a very interesting place in his life. And, it, and it's a place that you'll come. And it is the reason why this morning it's so much in my heart that I would have your attention. Because I promise you, if you have a desire to grow in God at all, somewhere you're going to come to this, this very critical place. God has said, now I'm going to give you a land. And I'm going to give you a, a son and I'm going to give you all of these things. And, but he says, you know, God, I, I, I believe, and I don't believe Abraham, it's, I don't believe it's a, a season of unbelief. I believe it's just one of those times when God, I just got to know. I just got to know. I know what you're telling me. I know what the preacher said. I know what the Sunday school teacher said. I, I know what they're saying, but I just, I just got to know something from you. And that's where Abram's at. And I love this. You will come there as well. Dr. Howes used to say, faith is asking, faith is believing, faith is doubting, faith is stepping out anyway. Someone has so well said, God cannot respond to a man who has no faith. But he cannot, he cannot withhold from a man who has faith. Oh, I love that. But let me, let me help you. This is, this is where most of us miss this thing. Most of us, and, and most of our prayer is now, Lord, I, I need this. Lord, I need that job. I need, I, 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 I need some money. Lord, I, I need a, a touch. I need a physical touch. God, I need, I, I need you to move here and I need you to move there. And, and, and our prayer is always about the destination. But what you don't understand is God has never struggled with the destination. You say, behold it. Abraham and Sarah is going to be years past childbearing and it's got impossible road all over it, but not with God. Not with God. There's nothing that's got impossible road on that he touches. So that you say, man, that, that's impossible. Oh, no, no. God, God's not, God would say to Abraham, son, don't worry about that. Here's what he's interested in. He's interested in the journey. He's interested in you. He's interested in growing your faith. He's interested in molding you. He's interested in the journey. What's God doing in the journey? And what we miss is we want the destination. But we fail to recognize what God's doing in the journey. And he's more concerned about the journey than he's ever been about the destination. 
You say, oh yeah, he's interested in the journey. That's the reason why God don't answer foolish questions. Not now, dear Jesus, please let me win the lottery. No, no. No, he wants you to be faithful with the dollar you got in the journey. Amen. That's what he's wanting. And, and, and I love this. You wouldn't believe how many times I've been asked to, somebody to say, would you please pray I win the lottery? And uh, God ain't interested in that junk. God's interested. God's interested in that journey. And that's what we find in this story. Now, God comes along and I love this. Oh, I love this about God. Abraham said, I just got to know God. I just got to know. He said, whereby shall I know? Thou shall inherit. In other words, God, how, how am I going to know that you're going to do everything you said? God answers in three ways. Now, the first way is really when, when you get here, I mean, you are a super-duper Christian. I mean, you, you, you are far up. I mean, if you can get here, you're here above all the rest of us. I mean, whoo, you're here. Now, I ain't sure I got any in here. i tell you this much. Can I just go ahead and make this statement right quick? I, I'm not one. But this is where his goal is. Number one, he said, let me answer that. Abraham, now here's the answer. Are you ready? It's going to be a big one. Are you ready? Is everybody ready? I got one. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Okay, here's the answer. I am the Lord that brought you up out of Ur of the Chaldees. His first answer is a statement. The Word of God. That's it. I am the Lord. I I just wonder this morning, how many of you, Jesus is Lord of your life. Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Raise it real good and high. He's Lord of your life. Okay. Okay, good. We can dismiss and go home. Because if he's Lord, you ain't got to worry about nothing else. My soul. I mean, we can just pray and go go to, go to the restaurant. Because the truth is, now I'm going to tell you something. Now here's how I have to answer that. Sometimes, most of the time, he's Lord. But sometimes, I just got to know. And a statement ain't enough. A statement just ain't enough. I wished it was. I wished I could tell you my faith had grown big enough that all he's got to tell me is in this book, praise God, that there's been, this book says, I will never leave you or never forsake you, but there's been a few times that I looked on my right hand and looked on my left hand. I looked up, I looked down, I looked behind me, and I didn't seem to find God anywhere. And I had to say, God, I just got to know. You ain't left me, have you? You see, he started with a statement. And it wasn't just any statement. He said, I am the Lord. 
Now that word Lord is a word, it speaks of his person. It is a word for Jehovah, the self-existent one. It, it, it means this. It means he's in control of the whole thing. Abraham, I'm in control of the beginning. I'm in control of the journey. And I'm in control of the end. He said, I'm the Lord. I'm the self-existent one. Here's what he's saying. He says, I'm in control of the whole thing. You know, some of you would stop worrying about Obamacare if we got this this morning. I mean, really got it. I said, really got it. Are you, are, you, are you listening? I mean, really got it. He said, I am the Lord. Speaking of his person. He said, I am the self-existent one. Oh, how I would to God. He would become Lord in our lives here this morning. You, you, you'd realize He's in control of this whole thing. He's in control of every bit of it. He's in control. I love this. Jehovah has the ideal of being, he's a powerful God. He's a present God. He's a perceptive God. Job 42 said, I know that thou canst do everything and no thought can be withholden from thee. I love this Hebrew 4.13 said, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to, know, to do. God saying, there, there's no secrets. There's no secrets. God knows everything about you. Number one is his person. Number two is power. Here's what he said. He said, now, Abraham, I need to remind you something. I need to remind you of something. You didn't bring yourself out of the earth of the Chaldees. Sarah Baptist Church, can I remind you something this morning that we ever so often need to be reminded? We didn't get ourselves here. God got us here. And without him, we wouldn't be here. Amen. We'd be in a mess. Some of you would be dead. Some of you would be in hell. And some of you would be out of the will of God. But God got us here. We didn't get ourselves here. Don't miss, the, I love this. I said last night in prayer time. I was listening to a preacher. And he made this statement. I said, hallelujah. He said, if you look over, the, over your congregation and the families that have their children serving God, you know how they done it? I love this. He said they got no idea how in the world they done it apart from the grace of God. That's the only reason. That's the only reason there is. We find here, he said, said you didn't get here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, For, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly then they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Number three, he said, I got a plan. He said, I am the Lord. And he said, I brought you out to bring you in. So I brought you out of the earth of the child days. And he said, the same God 
that brought you out. He said, I've got a destination for you. I'm going to take you to the land that I'm going to give you. And he said, I'm going to give you the son that you want. He said, I want you to know something. He said, I've got a plan for your life. But about here, he says, God says, I, I, I know that. And I know you're everything. Just like some of you. You know that here. You know that because I'm telling you this morning. You know that. But if you had to get graveyard honest, you would jump up and say, But God, but God, I just need to know. I just need to know. I don't have many illustrations this morning, but I'll give you this one. When I surrendered the call to preach, everybody around me seemed to know that God had called me. But me. And I remember going behind the house and looking up to heaven and saying, God, everybody else seems to know this. But God, let me just say something. I've got to know. I've got to know. And God, I'm not, I'm not doing anything until I know. Well, praise God. God loves you and I so much. He knows exactly how we are. And guess what he done? He said, okay, Abram. He said, okay. Now, don't miss this. He would love. God would desire. By the way, by, by the way, if, if we believe that, everybody look this way just a minute. I'm going to tell you a little secret. If we believe that, that a statement's all God's got to give, then I'm going to tell you something. The church would never have another financial problem because you'd obey God because you said so. I want you to know we'd never have another... We never, we never would be stressed out and flipping out because we could believe his word. Now, I do believe his word, but when it comes to practicing it sometimes, I'm like Abram. God, I just got to know. So let me show you what God did. It's just so wonderful. Second point. All right, I got me an illustration here. And as soon as he gets it out, amen? Verse number 9. You got your Bible there? Look at verse number 9. And he said unto him, Take me a heifer, a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took them, and he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst. And laid each piece one against the other, but the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abram drove them away. Now God, I just got to know. Now here's where we miss it. We want God to give us a destination. What Abram wanted 
was God to put on display his son that would be his heir. He wanted God to display the land he was going to give him. He wanted God to to display the destination. But God ain't got to the destination yet. He's going to teach him something in the journey. So he makes this crazy request. He said, I want you to take, he said, I want you to take this, this heifer and this ram and these birds and I want you to, to, to kill them and cut them in half. Can I just say something? And don't miss this. Saint the message, it's a message all by itself. When he cut them animals in half, they would have been a path of blood. Don't miss this. They would have been a path of blood. Don't miss that. They would have been a path of blood. Don't, don't miss that. Don't miss that. There would have been a path of blood. You wouldn't have killed those animals without a pool of blood. And there was a path of blood. And here's what he was saying. For you and I, that would be a strange request, would it not? Which I've seen a couple of dogs I wouldn't mind dividing, amen. But that'd be a strange request, but not in this day. What he's just saying, he said, I am the Lord that brought thee up out of the earth of the Chaldees, and that's really all you need. But he said, since that ain't enough, here's what he comes. He says, just let me show you what I'm going to do. In this day, if a man, men made an agreement together, what they would do, they would come and divide animals like this. And then they would, come here, Caleb, and they would hook arm in arm like this. I'm going to be God because you ain't got a chance. Amen? And they made agreement. Let's say me and him made an agreement on some property. Here's what we're, we're agreeing. Now, if you don't keep up your end of the bargain, you can do to me just like done to these animals. If, you, if you, you cheat on me, I can cut you in half. If I cheat on you, you can cut me in half. And when we walk through this thing to the other end, that is me and you agreeing that if you don't honor, if you don't honor this, I can do to you just like these animals have been done. And me and you would step through this thing together just like this. And when we come out the other end, we have made an agreement for life did you get that an agreement for life nothing could annul disagreement now all right God said Abram said this is what I want you to do so number one, he had to prepare. Don't miss this. What God's wanting to do to a whole lot of you in this church this morning is he's trying to prepare you. 
He's preparing you in the journey. I wish this didn't happen. I wish that hadn't happened. I wish I could tell you this would fix this. What I want you to know is don't miss God in the journey. He's trying to prepare you. See, faith cannot just grow without being prepared. It's going to be prepared. God said, cut them animals and cut them all up. And, and, and it's amazing. This, this would have been an, an, an awesome, an awesome undertaking. But you know what? It's an awesome undertaking when God wants to grow our faith. It's, it's big business when God wants to grow our faith. So first of all, he had to prepare. But then not only prepare, but all of a sudden, after he got all of these, these animals, here come all these birds. Here's all these birds. And here's what Abraham's doing. He's doing, shoo, 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 shoo. All day, these birds are, shoo. He's constantly, constantly fighting those birds. You know what's happening right now? You know what I need to do? Shoo, shoo, shoo. Because there's a bird called Satan trying to steal the word of God from you. Trying to steal away. What God's got. I, I got to think about this. I think I need to make ten loud trying to shoo, shoo, shoo. Get out of here. But you know why? Right now, Satan, if it, you know why I apologized? I think Satan stole the service out of us from last Sunday. I believe he did. I believe he stole it right out from under us. You say, whose fault? All of us. You know what we should have done? We should have stopped and said, shoo, shoo. But we never. But we should have. And this morning, you know what he'll do? He'll get you to thinking about everything in the world. Isn't it amazing what comes? Yeah. Yeah. You are robbing them. You're robbing them of a life of heartache. You're robbing them of a life of running the dollar bill. You're you're robbing them of a life that goes from one need to another need. There's some of you, you're trying your dead level best to buy happiness for yourself and for your children. Ain't but one problem. You can't buy enough to find it. You're trying, if I could just get one more this, one more that, one more this, one more that. But the truth is, you can't find it. Now some of you are right here. You can be seated. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you so much. Some of you are right here. And you made this step. I sat with a young man and my heart my heart just um, I, I was just praising God in one sense praying for him in another sense because a young man said with me yesterday 
And he's right here. He's right here. And there's a famine right now. He can't find out which, can't figure out which way God's going, what God's doing, or whatever, but he's right here. And there's a tremendous draw that way. He's, he's, he's run over here a couple of times to find that girlfriend. Only to find, huh, huh, what's wrong with this? And don't, don't worry, the world can make you feel like there's something wrong with you. comes back here. I got a message for him. If you'll just wait right here for the next step of faith. I know it's empty. I know he's lonely. I know he don't fit in this world. I know it don't make sense. I know he's going to bed by himself. I know all this stuff. I know, and I'm not belittling none of that. But I, I think he'll stay right here. In a little bit, God's going to say, hey, 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 right here. He'll make this one next step of faith. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. Some of you are standing Right here. And no matter, and no matter what I seem to do, and no matter how much I preach it, and no matter how much I tell you, and no matter what I say, it just seems to fall on deaf ears. You're here. And you used to come up to me and say, boy, preacher, I really want God to use me. I want to do something. I want to, I want to do something with God. I want to, I want, and I'll say, okay, hallelujah, glory, I'll help you. And I'll say, okay, let's start with basics. Let's start with being here every service. Step one. Why should God give you anything? If three services a week is too hard. Why should God give you anything? Number two. I said, okay. Now, be faithful to God in your tithes and in your offering. Oh, preacher, you just, you just don't understand. You just don't understand, preacher. I, I, I just can't pay my bills. I'll pay my bills if there's any left over. You got it backwards. That ain't faith. That ain't faith. That ain't faith. And until you come to that place, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I can't make this step of faith for you. Can nobody else. And you'll stay right there. You'll stay right there. And it's not that God don't want to use you. It's not that God can't use you. It's not that he don't want to use you. He just can't get you to make that step of faith. And then he says, okay, 
get back to the book, to the basics. Have a prayer time. Have a Bible time. Just basics. Step one of faith. Well, I tell you one thing. I'd come on Wednesday night, but I tell you, I got upset with somebody. Hey, since when did they become your God? Why are you giving anybody that kind of status? I got upset. So I ain't stand for preaching. Since when did you give anybody that kind of status to be your God? Because this ain't about anybody else. Nobody else. It's about your walk of faith. Your walk of faith. And then you know what God does when you make those steps of faith? While you're here just believing God, faithful, doing what you know is right, then God says, hey, I got promotion for you. I've been preparing you. I've been preparing you. I taught taught an adult Sunday school class for years before I ever pastored, having no idea, none at all, that one day I'd pastor. And all that time, God said, I've been preparing you, and I got a door. I'm a fixing open, and I'm going to help you in it. And I'm going to bless you here this morning. Faith to faith. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? And it's sad that we've made everything in this world. I should have put some sports figures on here. I guess I should have put jobs on here. I guess I could have put pleasures on here because it's all the same. And since when? Since when? I'm done with this statement. Every step of God will always be one of faith. Always. Why should I do this, preacher? Because Satan is coming down to this world and he's mad because he don't have a short time. And this draws you to destroy you. And this, God says, Come, it's available. Where you at this morning in your walk of faith? Can I ask you a question? Are you saved? It's an impossibility for a lost man, for a lost man to walk in faith. It really is. It is. It's, it's a possibility. Absolutely an end possibility. Because you just won't. It's not in you. There's no desire for it. All your desire is what you can grab hold of and hang on to in this world. That's all you have. And it's never enough. This morning, if you know not Jesus, Christ is Savior, 
Let me encourage you to come to this altar. I'll have somebody to take a Bible and show you how you can be saved. You're a Christian? You're a Christian. You are living in one of these two places. Or three places. You could be here. Just going around and around and around and around and around and around and wondering why something just don't never happen. Because you're here. You're not there, but you're not there either. Because God's waiting on you to make a step of faith. And fear or whatever keeps you from going to that world. So here it is. It's a step of faith. Now some of you are waiting for somebody in here that's walked a step of faith to come and say, come on, let's go. Mm -mm. Don't work. Don't work. Try it. When you turn your back, they'll run back over here. Because at the end of the day, I got to walk a step of faith. You got to do it for yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. Or yet. I fear for some of you because you're introducing too much of this. And sir, you're going to be all right. Ma'am, you're going to be all right. He'll give you a good time. You'll enjoy it. But it's that little boy and that little girl that Satan really wants. So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You obey the Lord this morning. Joey, come. Amen. You can be seated. If you were to read the Gospels tonight, you would find Matthew chapter 20, 29 through 34. gives us the same account, but tells us Bartimaeus had a friend. If you read the book of Luke, you'll find the same account, but he doesn't name him. I like Mark's account because it tells us exactly what his name is. I mean, if we're going to talk about somebody, we ought to know what their name is, don't you think? The Bible says in the book of Mark that his name was Blind Bartimaeus. No matter where you would have went, if you would have said, do you know Bartimaeus? They said, well, maybe not. They said, but do you know Blind Bartimaeus? They said, why, sure. We know exactly who he is. And you'll find that he sat by the side of the road begging. Understand this. Spiritual blindness will always lead to spiritual begging. Always. It's never, never an exception to that rule. Spiritual blindness will always lead to spiritual begging. I heard a message one time preached, and I'm sad to say, I don't remember a thing about the message, but one statement that the man said, and that was this, there's nothing wrong with you that a miracle could not cure. There's nothing wrong with you tonight that a miracle could not cure. As we look in verse number 51, the man comes and Jesus asks him a question. He said, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? So I've titled the message, What do you want God to do for you? 
Why'd you come? What are you seeking? I fear sometimes, and, and um, I fear sometimes that church and serving God is something that we just add in to our routine. I fear sometimes we come to the house of God and the truth of the matter is we're not expecting nothing, we're not looking for nothing, so we leave with nothing. But I wonder... What it would be if we come looking for something, expecting something, and if the Lord will ask me, I know what it is I want him to do for me. We find in this story, seemed like a strange question, doesn't it? You would think he's, he's Jesus, surely. He can see the man is blind. I mean, and he's begging. So it would seem like that would be a really foolish question. But I have pastored long enough to realize that that's not a foolish question at all. Because I have seen enough people and met enough people in life to realize some people don't really want a miracle. All they want to do is talk about the problem they've got. And they're determined not to give it to Jesus or nobody else. And you give them a solution, they don't want it. If you tell them, you know, this is, this is the principle that will work, they'll shun it. And the reality is they like what they have. Uh, and so, and that's a sad place to be. The Bible says that God wants to do something for this man. Now, the importance of this account is magnified because this is the last healing miracle recorded in the book of Mark. And this is the last opportunity for blind Bartimaeus to get some help. I wonder tonight, could this be your last opportunity to get your miracle? Could this be the last opportunity God has for you? Now, of course, Bartimaeus didn't know this. We didn't, none of us knew this, but it may very well be the last opportunity that you have. So we find here the real question then comes, do we believe God can still perform miracles for us? Do we believe that God today can still do something that nobody else in this world can possibly do? 